Hi, this is Tagore Almeida and welcome to a new series of my podcast called The Art of Humanity. It's a podcast that basically focuses on real people with real stories. Nothing more and nothing less. My guests are people who have either gone through these challenges themselves or are family and loved ones of people who have gone through these challenges are not just people that have survived they have stood up again they have been shining like a little drop of light in a room full of darkness and here they are talking about their stories in an attempt that it will shed light it will shed bravery it will shed support to those who need it and the essence of being brave and surviving and then standing up to help other people is what i simply call the art of humanity and welcome to season 1 episode 1 of my podcast the art of humanity in this first ever episode we're talking about sexual abuse sexual abuse during childhood marital abuse and even from a man's perspective abuse on an emotional level as well what happens to people when they have when they undergo these sort of abuses and what impact does it have on them for the rest of their life i have with me today three very special guests all been survivors of some sort of sexual abuse or the other and in fact they are the ones who initiated this podcast because they wanted to share their story and that's what they're doing in their normal life at the moment is they're sharing their experiences with people to in order with one intent and that's to help people find within within themselves the bravery to survive and abuse and also to provide guidance provide signs to the loved ones of such people who are going through it so that in in any possible way these conversations can help someone or the other to overcome and to survive the abuse that they've gone through so my first guest she's very interested in ancient knowledge and wisdom uh she's always been very attracted towards physical uh fitness and you know she even got a silver medal in a judo championship in a state in india her initially she was watching her mother do yoga but subsequently she went and got herself trained in not one but two schools of yoga she became a trained hip- hypnotherapist and trained in social uh, meditation as well she has uh, completed her tantra teacher's training as it goes currently she's guiding people and coaching people who are seeking a spiritual uh, answer within themselves you know or finding their spiritual path and her newest passion is practicing zero waste living how cool is that but at the same time my guest has undergone 
sexual abuse as a child and marital sexual abuse as an adult. So that is my guest number one. My guest number two is a guy. Well, he is an engineer by qualification. He has formerly also studied hypnotherapy, neuro-linguistic programming, you know, the NLP. And also he's an energy healer as well. And he's studied energy healing as well. He loves studying human behavior. That's his passion. And obviously all of this has resulted in him becoming a life coach. In his spare time when he's not doing that, he likes to explore the unexplored. He likes to travel where he thinks he finds himself and gets rejuvenated to come back and face the challenges of his life and also clearly think about how to help people face their own challenges. He went through a very difficult uh, childhood uh, where he was basically, he faced physical abuse and he had a long marriage where he faced a lot of emotional abuse. And there is a connection between the two and we'll talk about that when we come to Bhaskar. Um, you know, he strongly feels that it's important for us to get recognized or to recognize that there is some sort of abuse, whether it's physical, sexual or emotional abuse happening. What are the signs to look for and how to stand, stand up and to overcome? What are the first steps that you need to take? He now shares his life story uh, with people and he likes to talk about it and basically use his experience to guiding people to understand their own, to look for signs and uh, he helps them overcome it. Last but not least is my third guest and I very fondly say I blame her for this podcast because this is my dear friend Kashish. Uh, Kashish is a live wire if I, if I can say that. She wears multiple hats. Um, I got to know her through my common friend, our common friend Mamta. Uh, she, so Kashi is a tarot conversationist. She's an eye gazer. She's a, uh, you know, past life regression therapist. She does, she does energy work. She, you know, you know, she looks at a number of things. She's trying to help people, and she's got a completely bohemian heart. And if you if you get to know Kashi's one day, you'll know exactly what I mean. What I mean by that. She's got a very infectious laughter that she brings to conversations. And in the midst of no matter what's going on in her life, she's always focused on how do I overcome it? And then how do I help people overcome anything similar to what she's going through? And that's all I can remember of Kashi's ever since I've known her for about a year. Um, you know, she does a whole lot of stuff, as I said, ideas, and I'm going to let her talk about it. In a, in, in a bit but she's here because she called me one day and she told me about this physical abuse that she went through very recently in her life and you know that night I was very restless I don't know why I couldn't really get it off my mind and I woke up in the next morning and I said you know we got to do something because I strongly believe that if you are not part of the solution then you definitely are part of the problem so that's why we decided to do this podcast and just get our our stories out there okay uh she has survived childhood sexual abuse and she has survived the abuse by a narcissist personality disorder individual as well. So here are my three guests on the show. My warriors, my survivors and the torchbearers of the art of humanity. So all three of you, my lovely people, 
uh, welcome to the podcast and let's get started so my guests uh, we've got Dharti we've got Bhaskar and we've got Kashish on the show welcome welcome to the podcast guys so I just thought you know before we get into the actual questions that I want to ask you why don't we just do a very simple uh, hello from each one of you and you know and and you know uh, the audience have already heard a little bit about your backgrounds but if you just want to say hello and then we can get into it so Dharti starting with you Hi, Dharti. Hi. Hi, Tigor. How are you? Nice and cold in Delhi. Hi, Kashish. Yes, it's it's very cold today. I'm really kind of feeling cold. Wow. Anyway, so... Mm. Hi, Baskar. Hello. How are you? Uh, hi, Tigor. <clears throat> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the call. And then last but not least, my dear Kashish. the one who we can blame for starting this semi revolution about being able to talk about the things that are troubling mankind hi kashish hi tagore and if i know you well enough kashish you, you've lit up a cigarette and you're sitting down there wearing a ridiculous cap and you're and you're and you're addressing the podcast am i right <laughs> yes see you're I, you're very right i know you so well Okay guys thank you for coming in and I must say this again thank you for doing this and to all our audience out there you know I hope that something that we say today gives you the courage to either raise an awareness or gives you the support to stand up and 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 overcome and survive whatever you're going through as i said in my introduction these people here with me today are really that small ray of hope in a dark room but even that small drop of light lightens up a room and that's basically what this is about they have they have unfortunately gone through a lot of things in their life they have survived uh, they have been brave and more than anything else they're now standing up to be able to offer their experience to people so that you know uh, people can can get the support can get the guidance to be able to survive these horrible things that happen to mankind and that's what this is all about so to start up with first of all guys let's want to say you know uh let's talk about this okay let's talk about the first thing is i want to talk about is people might not be aware that they are being going through an abuse okay so let's define first of all what exactly is abuse so maybe i'll start with you uh darti uh, what's your take on abuse from what i understand abuse is an act of using another for any personal reasons without their consent or willingness it yeah in perspective of a gender ethnicity any kind of abuse is taking advantage of another yeah without their knowledge and or even consent correct i mean this yeah, is this yeah. is one of the things that we're going to be talking about today is you know uh, especially especially in our in our culture you know a, lo- a lot of women you know uh, go through marital sex abuse and you know because the man thinks that she's my wife now and i have the right over over this individual i have a right over her body and so forth and there's no mutual respect into it. but we'll come to that in a minute So thank you for that. Baskar what's your take? I mean you're the only you know uh guy 
guests on the show besides myself. So what's your take on abuse? What do you think abuse means? Abuse is when someone violates you physically or emotionally. When you are not allowed to express who you are in any shape or form. It could be restricting your thoughts. It could be restricting your movement. It could be preventing you from expressing who you are in a relationship. I, I think that's what abuse means to me. Interesting. Kashish, I know that you've been through a lot in this particular matter. What does abuse mean to you? Well, adding on to what my dear friends have said, I think it's also shaming. Uh, and I ended up doing a little bit of, actually little or a lot, uh, bit of research on abuse. And there are over 100 types of abuse. Um, we can keep um, where, somewhere where where our spirit is, uh, in terms of anything, in terms of physicality, uh, financial, emotional, mental, uh, physical, uh, where we are taken advantage of um, without us being aware of it. Okay. And you know, it's interesting that you say there's so many types of abuse. I think what just uh, what we are focusing on today is sexual abuse, uh, either you know uh, that children undergo uh, marital sex abuse that you know grown up go to emotional abuse, as Baskar said as well. So let's let's just sort of um, because it's such a huge topic. Let's focus on these three at the moment. So. Understanding this abuse thing, okay, what is the first thing that someone being abused should actually be aware of and do for themselves? Because, you know, uh, let's assume that someone this you know, is going through this abuse. What would you say is the first thing that they should actually do for, for themselves? And I'll, I'll start this with the Baskar. I mean, what's your take on it? Chagor, I think the very first thing which a person needs to do is to find a safe place, both physically as well as emotionally. Find someone with whom you can share, someone whom you can trust and someone who understands what you are going through. Usually we have friends, but they also do not understand what abuse is, what a person is going through. And there are a lot of avenues available. There are organizations, there are support groups where people who have gone through similar uh, abuse as yours, you know, and uh, in many cases, we don't even know what uh, uh, we are going through. We don't know whether it's actual abuse, but we know that we are going through a difficult phase. We are going through something which we don't have an understanding of, but we feel restricted, we feel violated. So very first thing is to find someone to share your story in a safe manner. I think that, that that's what something which came up to my mind. The first thing which we ought to do is find someone with whom you can safely share what you're doing. But you know, Baskar, that's interesting. But th just to add to that, many a times, you know, especially in our culture, you know, a woman gets married and she leaves the house and most of the time, She's got to go with her husband to, to foreign lands where she might not know anyone. Okay. So what would happen in a situation like that? 
Well, th th that's a very interesting point to go. Uh, I feel that today with the proliferation of social media and online tools, mm. you can very safely and anonymously, uh, you know, share your story or share your uh, pain online, you know, and, and that's one avenue which is available to people you know, because of... Uh, yeah. As a so, so, so basically your thing is, first thing is, make the move find find a safe place find a safe person whether it's a physical person or whether it's even if it's online or, or a friend from the past who might be living in other places of the world but find that one comfort place and one comfort person to be or, or multiple <coughs> to be able to talk to interesting kashish what about you what's your take on that what's one of the first things that you know somebody going through this should do well because uh, i have I am a sexual childhood abuse survivor and um, other types of abuse as well. Uh, there are times as an adult, we know what is what to do or what not to do. But as a child, it's very, uh, and especially if it's, it's happening to you from or via a loved one, um, then it's difficult, then it's very difficult to find a safe place because safety the concept of safety is getting warped so uh, it's i think for for parents it's really important to educate their children um, especially about uh, you know or talking in a certain manner or touching in places which feels uncomfortable so it's important to educate a child about what what part of the body is private because as a child you don't even know but interesting you should say this Kashis but who should be doing this education because obviously our schools don't do it all right? at least in the west they have some sort of an awareness program for little kids but you know in most countries in the east they don't have this culture about talking to the children and I'm not saying it's right but who should be doing this and how do you think how do you think we can we can address this issue with our kids we, we can be grateful to social media, we can spread awareness through that. And like Bhaskar said, there are many organizations, a friend of mine as well uh, has, has an organization where she goes and educates different children in schools uh, about what actually abuse is. So those, those are two mediums that one, one can utilize. I also think but that- there is, but I also think, Kashi, sorry uh, to interrupt, but I also think that it's actually fundamentally the right of the parents as well. It is It is the fundamental right of the parents, but in in my case, unfortunately, it was happening with a loved one or by a loved one. Correct. So, in that case, it's important that the schools... Um, educate or at least the family does or the mother does i mean somebody needs to take that responsibility yeah. yeah and you know i was reading somewhere that most of the kids who have been sexually abused are usually sexually abused by somebody in the family and that's that's terrible that is absolutely terrible you know uh mm, yeah that's what's actually yeah sorry go on. yeah it is it's, i said it's actually very horrendous it is it is what about you, Darti? What's your take on this? Mm -hmm. 
so what uh, kashish and uh, bhaskar has just shared uh, both these things are absolutely necessary but in my case i was a very shy introvert person i didn't know that i could share because i would always fear of being judged or blamed so sharing was not coming was not one of the options i could take <clears throat> and uh, uh, when we talk about awareness or parents taking this responsibility or schools i think now for the past decade or so this is happening a lot because i remember when my children were young so this drive had already started to educate them so uh, in my case i was relying mainly on my journal writing and i started meditating to understand what is happening with me is it right or not i was not very sure because the social fabric of our society is such that you are not sure if this is abuse or this is a norm that is happening and you do you have to really accept it or you have a right so i was still in that dilemma all through okay so my way to get in touch with my true essence with my true true self it only came about when i was deep in meditations that i you know i would like to quote uh, emily dickinson when she says about i am afraid to own a body i am afraid to own a soul profound precarious property possession not optional this is exactly how i felt is this body my body no i i, I hear you darti but here's the thing right but coming back specifically to you so you, you didn't have like kashish as well didn't have the opportunity to go and find someone to talk to and you were an introvert but you find writing into it into a journal and and you found meditation how did that that help you you know take the first step towards survival how did that help you Hmm. it helped me to build courage and trust myself okay it helped me to know that whatever is happening is not my fault i don't want to blame myself for being in a situation okay it helped me to to find words so just to wrap up that the whole thing then you know it's about trying to find somebody who you can trust whether it's a face to face thing or it's someone remotely you know uh always know that not necessarily the people the closest to you are the people that you can trust with that you've got to find somebody who you can trust it doesn't have to be a close relative or somebody but find the right person not for the sake of finding them but find the person that you feel comfortable who will respect mm-hmm. you and and be able to understand you and you know and if you can't find that as darti said start writing into a journal you know uh, start you know meditating and, and try and find that courage within you So guys we're talking about parents doing this and the schools and education but right now if we were to do an abridged version of it what are some of the signs and the char- the dangerous signs and the characteristics that you know people going through this abuse should start picking up on or maybe even their loved ones you know should start looking out for in these in in these 
people that are undergoing this abuse and maybe i'll start with uh, kashish on that so uh, of what i've understood um, what happens when abuse happens to whether it's a child or an adult it creates trauma in your body and um, there are triggers and red flags that one can look for such as such as uh, feeling uncomfortable in the presence as a child uh, i would feel uncomfortable which is something that i only got to realize when i did inner child work i would feel uncomfortable to be passed on to different relatives and uh, it made me um, but it's not something that i knew as a child Mm. like as an infant or as a or as a toddler so it's it's difficult to a certain you know at that age and the only thing that can happen is the parents be vigilant or the family members be vigilant about how the child is behaving and maybe before i go to our, our next two guests i just want to say so are these signs and characteristics quite evident like for example i'm not saying that you know there's a sign board but if if a child has been known to be normal and you know like jovial and you know or whatever you could possibly pick up the uncomfortable senses but if you have a child like darthi who was always an introvert i mean darthi how about you i mean what what were some of the signs or the characteristics you think that you felt about yourself or you wish that your loved ones around you had picked up about you that what happens to a child or a person and how these telltale signs can be easily you know seen by caretakers or people around them or loved ones uh, a person can be become secluded isolation is very common or and not having any desire to interact with the world around or reaction to the smallest of situation because of the fear inside not not trusting the world so the reactions are extreme a person can be timid or can pretend to be very boisterous it can be either way confused will have issues with boundary settings then uh, sometimes a child or a person is not able to know his or her own feelings or a child can be trusting easily even strangers totally trusting or totally non trusting anyone i mean extreme things again it can also lead to depression so um, it becomes difficult for the person or the child to share his or her feelings because now the whole environment or the world is very insecure untrusting untrustworthy place so this the tagore if i may add on sure there is there is also uh, something called ptsd which is post traumatic stress disorder or cptsd which is complex post traumatic stress disorder and that happens uh, because of abuse once twice or or ongoing abuse and this this cptsd or ptsd it creates uh, various uh things in you like depression the chemical imbalance of the hormones in the brain uh which can also cause suicidal tendencies and uh, it, it i want to um 
give give weightage to mental health at this point of time that it's very important um and there is there shouldn't or there needn't be any stigma around around going and seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist baskar how about you, how about yourself yes i feel the signs uh, for me were confusion and confusion about my own identity and also a sense of timidness as uh, dharti said and i also became very very introvert i was terrified of talking to people be it friends be it teachers be it relatives anyone you know i did not want to interact with the world and i did not know whom to trust because the very first abuse which i went through was at the hands of my father so usually people look up to parents for support for love and that was not the case for me so i did not know whom to trust and i started doubting that oh why am i even existing and uh, th- there was a sense of total tear down of my identity so th- those were the signs which i personally felt through and i also resonate with much of what dharti said and also kashish yeah oh, fair enough uh so so the next thing then what i wanted to move on to very quickly was what would you say is the first thing or the things that somebody going through this should actually keep in mind before re- reporting the abuser or even co- confronting the abuser and you know because the awareness is there getting the courage is there looking for the signs is there now it's about reacting so and the reacting can be they either report it to somebody or they confront the abuser so what would you say should be the first things that they should bear in mind before taking this step and maybe uh, baskar will start with you on this yeah tagore i think uh, before you report a person to either you know if it's a social context you know and if it's a relative who is the abuser reporting to even your near and dear ones have consequences and many a times parents tend to defend if it's a close relative yeah. you know, or overlook totally so and that is going to impact you even more so before you think of reporting or telling your story to someone you have to see first uh, especially when it comes to women who are in abuse situation they need a physical place a safe place where they can go for so first arrange for your physical safety that's very very important and again as i said that a support group or a person who can support you emotionally and uh, in some cases you might even need legal support so very first thing to bear in mind is that do i have a place where i can go and safely stay when i report and when i tell about my abuser so what if he comes back so very first thing is the physical threat so you uh, ought to get to a place where you are physically safe and next step is where you are emotionally safe and where you have legal and other support and and it's not always easy you know it's very very difficult you know just the thought itself is so terrifying for for the person undergoing abuse that they fear for their life they they don't know what it's going to be so even planning for that step needs to be with an expert 
who understands what you are going through and who has handled similar situation okay and i think anywhere in the world these days basket i mean there should be support groups i think you should be able to find them and you know take your time to win their confidence and, and i think and then and then be able to open up and you know work with them to find your safer haven or an emotional support but this fortunately you know what as as many evil people that are out there there are also groups that are genuinely out there to help and in and and to reach out so yes i think that would be the first thing to do uh kashish what about you what what do you have to say about this what what did you have to worry about or maybe you wish that you had thought about before reporting or confronting your abuser well i did not get the opportunity to do that because he had passed away mm-hmm. though i did um call for a family meeting and uh, it's interesting um that like bhaskar said you know i was questioned as to because what happened to me it happened for 5 years starting at the age of 3 continuing till i was about 8 years old and when i said it happened for 5 years to my family they um, the first question was no it could not have happened for so many you know years like once was okay so it's it's difficult and it took me a lot of time uh, and them because the image of a loved one was breaking in their minds and i am grateful for my therapist support uh at that point of time because she was the one who actually was able to talk to them without an emotional inference which i had gotten into okay but you know kashish i mean i, I mean we can't do that in a minute but i i know i know exactly what you you went through but for the 8 years that you went through this abuse by one particular individual in your family mm-hmm. but after that it's left a domino effect on your life right i mean you haven't been able to overcome that in many ways you know it's impacted the way you've looked at relationships as well you know and in 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 many ways made you very vulnerable a lot of the times am i right to assume that yes it has impacted uh, or rather had impacted because now i am doing therapy i am in therapy so uh, it has imp- it has impacted in many ways like uh, i've been told by my friends that i am um, you know like i'm very bold or fearless but un- the unfortunate part is that because as a child i was growing up in an environment which i did not feel is safe for me uh i was vigilant all the time and so the wiring of let's say when the body is telling the brain that i'm in a dangerous situation and if it's constantly on red alert the wiring gets warped so it's not like i'm fearless i do not recognize what fear is sorry darthi coming over to you now uh and 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 your take on this um one of the most most important thing i would say is to accept and admit to self well, more often than okay. not we are 
not taught to value or trust even if the signals we are getting from the outside and the uh, the signals we are getting from inside is that this is not right this is not right so somewhere we believe that a caretaker a parent or a loved one is not wrong i am wrong so this is the first step to be more compassionate towards self to accept what is happening to admit and then definitely find somebody who can help you a therapist a professional a friend who can guide you to you know take the needful steps ah it's uh, it's like you're in you are in constantly you are you are in this flux of things where you you know something is not right but you know accepting is extremely hard because these are the these are the people who who are your loved ones who are who have given you birth who are there to protect you to save you from this world how are are you going to blame them for whatever they are doing or anything they are doing it it this is the most difficult thing i think for me it was it's the it was the most difficult thing it took like years to accept that this whatever is happening is not right and i must stand up for myself so i'm going to stay with you darthi so on the next question then what can we tell children who are either have been through abuse or are going through abuse what would you say would be your message to children that's a very difficult question to say to a child first of all you know how you know how old is a child we we can we can how it's very difficult for me to address to a child how can he or she take care of himself or herself of course this is the first thing but children learn from their parents mm. children learn from teachers from their parents so we definitely can address it to children to trust their own selves to trust their own bodies to to have a voice they must But, voice is happening to them correct i think the key ah, of course, voices are not heard easily hmm. but they must still keep on making making a noise very true ah. actually yeah Be- believe in yourself find your voice and be confident to use your voice i mean i think to all the kids or to any anybody out there who needs to hear this that's the key message trust in yourself find your voice believe in your voice you know who you are your presence your existence your body your soul belongs to you you know uh, i was having a talk with somebody the other day and they said we as parents think that we own our children we don't we we're the custodians of our children we have been given the joy to be the conduit to bring these individual unique souls into the world we don't own them we care for yeah. them we love them we we guide them and you know but most of all we need to respect them and we need to protect them and up to a stage we're always protecting our kids if my parents you know are still looking out for me and i think that's always one of the beautiful gifts that a parent should be able to do and elder should be able to do for all the children within their family in their neighborhood in the society i think that's where we are kind of lacking behind on anyway moving to baskar baskar what would you say to you know especially children who are going through it who have been through it what would be your message to them 
I would first of all I would tell the child that you are not responsible many children they, they start feeling that somehow they are responsible for the abuse maybe they are not doing what they are supposed to do or they are not understanding the situation or responding in the way they are supposed to so they start blaming themselves so the very first thing which I will tell them is that you are not to blame and uh, because the statistics tell us that most of the abuse of children happens through someone who is very close, either the parents or a close relative or someone they know, someone in the family. So they don't know whom to trust. And the second thing which I will tell a child is there are good people in this world. Correct. There are people who care. There are people whom you can trust. You know, because if your primary caregiver or your parent, he or she is the abuser, then the children doesn't know whom to trust. They feel the, the whole world is like that. If people close to me are hurting me, then probably everybody else is also going to behave the same. So their worldview gets impacted. So I would love to tell them that, you know, there are good people in the world. There are people whom you can trust. There are people who will love and care you for who you are. Well said, Master. Well said. Kashish? Yes? What would you say to children? Going through it, hmm. or been through it. That's a, that's a tough question for me. Mm. Yep, exactly. Because it's very difficult to tell a child. I mean, in our culture, when we were growing up, Abuse was very common. Like if you didn't study, you would get a slap, you know, and um, you were punished for not for not completing tasks. So it's it was it wasn't wasn't an easy time. Mm, at the same time, I would like to tell the children is as soon as they gather some sort of understanding that they need to keep in mind that uh, you know if if they feel some uncomfortable or they start feeling some sort of confusion related to how they are being treated, they need to seek help. Yeah. Why? So I think that's the key thing. I think on what should we tell kids? I think the first thing what Dharati said, find the confidence, find your voice, use your mm -hmm. voice, be assured that, you know, of your voice. Baskar added, you've done nothing wrong. So know that, never forget the fact that you've done nothing wrong. And, you know, there are good people in the world. And then Kashis, you topped it up by saying, you know, just remember that if you're feeling uncomfortable about something, that means there's a good chance that what is happening to you is not right. You know, trust yourself and basically go ahead with it. So then I'm going to come back to Baskar on this one question here. And, and my two women guests can also contribute. But Baskar, what would you say to men who go through abuse because you know i mean that might be a small group of people of men who go through this but there are still a good amount of men who also get uh, abused as well in their lives you know so what would you say to men because there's a bigger stigma you know believe it or not there's a bigger stigma because guys tend to look upon themselves as being the tougher guys and you know men don't cry so when 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 a guy as a kid gets sexually abused or a grown-up man goes through that or even an emotional abuse it becomes more difficult 
I think in many ways for a man to kind of address it, confront it, and and you know, so for, so what would you say to men in this position? You have very rightly said Tagore that for a man it's much more difficult to articulate his emotions and also you know man uh, traditionally men are considered to be strong and it is a sign of weakness to undergo abuse you know and many people they don't believe the very first thought uh, a guy has in mind is that oh will people believe me so uh, especially if you are undergoing marital abuse and uh, you know denial of intimacy <coughs> i personally went through so somehow people men feel that oh i would be blamed people would say oh there's something wrong with you you must have either not uh, fulfilled your responsibilities or did what was uh, right for you to do that's why you suffered abuse so there is a sense of disbelief in people and uh, you know the guy thinks that uh, you know will people believe me when i tell them my story what would they think about me will they think that oh he was very weak he was not man enough that he suffered abuse so that's i i feel that uh, so for men i would say that it is okay you underwent abuse and that is your reality and it is okay to share your story it is okay to come out you are actually showing courage by coming out and sharing your story you are not becoming weak by sharing your story so by all means gather up the courage and share your story that's what i would like to tell you well said baskar honestly because you know what because if if you don't stand up and talk about it then what's stopping the guy from doing the same thing to to another human being and that would be that would be really tragic you know uh my two ladies uh, dharti kashish do you have any to add to that point about men going through this and you know being able to address it say that it's really hard for a man to um, you know uh, actually come out or to find support or even to you know recognize the abuse yeah. it's it's much harder i would say yeah, yeah. I, I i can imagine that actually which now brings me to my next point then guys so this is happening all I'd around i'd like to add something yes. here sorry kashish i didn't mean to cut you off please please not at all not at all yeah. uh, i i wanted to add that you know as a child we we weren't responsible for what happened to us uh at the same time as an adult it is my responsibility to take care of what i have gone through and reparent myself well, or sir. else yeah or else i will end up mm, doing the same thing that has been done to me yeah and as i said earlier on kashish you know if if we are not part of the solution we become part of the problem so you know i think the way the three of you have coming out and are talking about this genuinely i i i mean from the bottom of my heart you guys are trying to be a part of the solution yeah and that's given so then my next thing we have wanted to ask you is uh, you know what is the role of friends and family in a situation like this i know we touched upon it very briefly earlier on in our conversation but let, let's go specifically this now because and the reason i put this in there is because there are people 
in our world who are probably doubting that their loved ones are, are going through this terrible thing. But what can, what should their role be? So maybe you have someone like Berti who was an introvert, wasn't comfortable talking about, so, you know, as Baskar said, is another guy somewhere, feels that it's not manly to talk about it. What is the role of friends and family in a situation like this? Yeah, they have a very crucial role to play in the lives of people who, who have been through any kind of abuse. They can be understanding and accepting. Okay. It, it, won't, it won't be easy for them to understand because unless you experience something just by reading or you know hearing is not it's not the same thing but yes of course they can hear them out they can listen to them they can be they can be there when they need them unconditional acceptance is that it's it's important for in the process towards healing this is the support a friend or a family member can you know uh, provide Okay. And it is a long process. It's not, you know, support for a minute or a day. It is a long process. Healing takes takes some time. Correct. Correct. No, very true, actually. Kashish, what about you? Well, um, it was very important for me uh, that my family accept or understand what I was going through. Mm, and once they started doing that, initially it wasn't easy for them. Um, but once they started doing that, it put me in a comfortable situation to seek help. Um, I mean, till the time they were not completely in acceptance of it, it took me into a place of Mm, a very dark space of having suicidal thoughts and I had to be taken to a psychiatrist. So it's it's very crucial. It's very, very important that the family members uh, and the loved ones understand and be present. Coming back to you, Baskar, what is your take on this? The, the role of friends and family members in a situation like this? Well, uh, first and foremost, the friends and family they need to be able to read the signs just like the survivor of an abuse or a person who is undergoing mm -hmm. abuse sometimes they don't know what's happening with them they're not able to read the signs the friends and family also sometimes they feel that there's something wrong with this person there's something off you know and they're not able to put their finger on it when that happens they should educate themselves about what abuse is if uh, more people they get educated they will be able to read the signs and they can even prevent many people from taking their lives there are some people who cannot handle abuse and they decide to end their lives they attempt suicide but they clearly gave out warning signs a person who reaches that stage there are many weeks before there are signs which a person can read and know that something is wrong and this person is perhaps contemplating to end their life. So if friends and families 
are educated about what abuse is and how to handle that abuse first of all they can identify it next step is to take that person into confidence and just listen to them most of us you know when we hear a story we have advice to give we say leave your husband if he is abusing you or do this file legal action first step is not that first step is just to listen so that that person can trust you and then understand and finding a solution comes later remedy comes later the very first thing is if you are able to identify the warning signs and talk to that person so you could actually save a life if you talk to that person because there are chances that that person has no one to talk to and if one person can be that support give that lending ear you know it, it could be a world of difference to that person well sir actually baskar um i would like to add if it is okay i'm interrupting of course, you please that is hmm. your platform please go ahead so uh, what i i want to add is that finding family and friends support or having family and friends support is very very important otherwise healing is almost either impossible or very difficult we need each other we all need each other and during these times the support of family members and friends who understand or who at least try to understand and you know talk to your therapist or talk try to just be by your side or listen to you as baskar is saying as kashyus is saying is matlab uh, i want to stress it as much as possible because this is one thing which is 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 so important otherwise you are again alone correct you need people you need your family strength you need your loved ones strength you need your friends you cannot come out of this alone because you were not in there alone there were people who had took you down to that level of suffering the grief is so much the angst is so much you cannot undo it all by yourself interesting That's, no i yes. i think i can completely see where you're coming from tarthi on this which brings me to my next topic i know we've talked about abuse especially on children on women we touched upon a little bit about men but one of the things that people don't want to talk about often when it comes to sexual abuse is marital rape you know it's 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 a very common thing uh in unfortunately a lot of cultures in the world where the men just don't get it they're such idiots that they don't get it you know that they think that the that the wife is a trophy given to them and you know you, you, you find it more in uh, and i'm not putting down arranged marriages but i'm just saying you find it more in arranged marriages where you know the two individuals don't get a chance to get to know each other respect each other fall in love with each other and and, and you know but keeping that aside marital rape is a huge problem in society so darthi let's talk about it from your perspective Hmm. marital rape or domestic violence or forcing your spouse these are some things which cannot be documented 
these are the things which cannot be seen even when the whole family is living together because what happens between two people in close you know in the in four walls in closed doors no one can know what is happening and men even till date i mean it's so much so much happening so many you know uh, so many ways to educate men so many movies stories dramas so many things are happening to educate men still they don't get it they they have this this superiority or they have this thing called that you know this is their birth right correct <coughs> absolutely and that's they just yeah that's, they, they just they just don't get it they do not they they cannot think their spouse their fellow being the female as an individual they cannot think them as being you know uh, that the sorry i was recently on a on a podcast uh, i wasn't the host i was just a guest on there and we were talking about something very similar to the role of of well we talk specifically about indian men and the thing is this the way i was saying it is that typically an indian guy is raised to think that he's the king of the house he goes to college he goes to university he gets an engineering degree and then his parents want to get him married okay so he's put in all these efforts to get an engineering degree get a job and then he thinks it's his birthright to be gifted a woman as a prize so for him it's not an individual that he gets it's like a trophy he's gotten for getting a engineering degree or becoming a doctor and then the next thing because he's got a job he's been given this trophy and that's is that's the screw up of of society so this guy has not gone through the efforts of trying to woo somebody trying to win her heart trying to win her respect trying to win her love you know uh, listening to goofy songs with her, with her together and having a smile they've done none of that right so how do you expect them to even understand or comprehend what you're just saying because that's the failure of our society and marital rape as you said it's never documented what do you do about it how many cases do we hear about marital rape you know in society because it's it's just assumed that the woman is told he's your husband and that's what he, you know that's what you have to give in to which is a disgusting disgusting thing to even comprehend and say that this is the way we are as as a human race you know and yeah and we it, have to voice yeah we have to voice this this is such a highly disgraceful thing anyone can ever think it has scarred women scarred women like anything they cannot trust they like people are losing confidence of on you know in the institution of marriage my children they refuse to get married and here's the thing right that at the same time here's a guy committing this disgusting act and he still expects this person that he's done it to to be his partner for the rest of his life she's going to be yeah. with him she's going to give birth to his own flesh and blood she's going to raise his flesh and blood she's going to protect them and love them while he started that whole relationship on such a disgusting step so why don't men get that you know? why don't they get that so if i can of course kashish 
so i think this is to do with patriarchy because it is so imbibed and in our dna actually and it's it's got support not just from men but women as well i have experienced it very closely and i still do at many levels and it's on, very sad on, that it exists hang on a second when you say it gets support from women as well what do you mean by that like for example when when you're referring to gore when you're referring to marital rape yeah if the man is ma- the man is performing such a disgusting act or or is responsible for such a disgusting act he i am sure will get support from his family for doing this oh you mean that way yes correct yeah no because they they, they see nothing wrong in it right i mean those the heights of in humanity is that they see nothing wrong in it you know like some of our bollywood films back in the 70s and the 80s traditionally they would show a, a guy drinking milk by the bedside table doing push-ups i mean what's what's he getting ready for a workout i mean where is the essence of of this you know the sincerity the purity of that whole thing but we have been trained you know uh, Uh, whether it's culturally or through our our cinema whatever it is that this is what a honeymoon night is supposed to be for a guy and how do we undo that because even people who educated doctors engineers lawyers they are the people doing this as well i can say one thing uh here my ex has been said if if i refuse him sex for one time he says what is this marriage all about i don't i want to end this marriage so the whole idea of marriage is equivalent to the amount of sex you receive i'm sorry for using this kind of a language because that's what i have i have i have lived my life through that that sentence if i say no then marriage is null But Bhaskar what do you have to say about it from from a guy's perspective Yeah I tend to agree with Kashish somehow uh, and I I I know it it is true for most Indian men I'm, I'm not sure about other uh, societies that they think that sex is a privilege for them which has been endowed upon them through the act of marriage so if I am married it is my right to demand and receive sex whenever i feel like Th- that's what most of the men think and that's how they behave and that's why they demand physical pleasure at their whim and fancy and they do not understand the word consent and uh, i am really sorry to say but the women also they do not know how to express non consent you know sometimes they just allow the act to go through because they do not express their uh, you know say uh, that they are not consenting to it they just allow it to happen so women need to be more assertive to say no i do not want it at this time 
and men need to understand that it is not your right it is not your privilege it is an act where two people with consent come together and express love that's why it's called making love it's not something which you can wrest from another human being and men need to respect sovereign individual and the soul with whom either they are in relationship with or they are married to so i think from both ends we need to, to address it and uh, sometimes uh, as rightly said by kashish women are enabler they are silent enablers of uh, either Correct. marital rape or Correct. even incest you know a, a mother knows that her daughter is being raped by her husband but due to the social stigma and uh, what would come to the honor family honor they do not voice even in the privacy of their home she does not express her uh, you know protest against this heinous act so i think women need to we need to enable women to be uh, to empower them to be able to assert themselves in such situations and we need to educate men that it is not your right and privilege to have sex whenever you want you know what i i i completely agree with you baskar i mean you've articulated it so well kashish do you want to add anything onto that point um i would like to add to what baskar is saying that it's very important the education not just and it's not gender gender biased education about abuse trauma and pain needs to be available as any history geography english or any other subjects that we read in school or study in school or study in college there needs to be something about these sort of topics because we i am living the implications of what i went through in my childhood and and it's excruciating it's extremely excruciating as an as an adult to see all of this kashish i've left this last bit for the end of our chat so i know that and i'm going to completely respect each one of you's take on it but kashish do you want to tell us in a nutshell what what you went through yes um i was sexually abused as a child starting from the age of 3 till about 8 by my own father and it has warped my understanding and my mental health to such an extent that i as an adult lived the implications of it without even realizing that i'm living it and i'm fortunate i am blessed i am grateful that i was able to reach a space where i could address it how did you do that um so i turned into a functional alcoholic and uh, i did not even know that i had turned into one so and now i have understood that addiction is basically trying to fill up a void in your psyche so uh i spoke with somebody who runs alcoholic programs and she connected me to my therapist now and i've been doing inner child work for the past two and a half years uh and it's not been easy mm, 
I developed abandonment issues, uh, CPTSD. Um, I'm dealing with uh, severe depression, panic, and anxiety attacks right now. And um, I mean, just to quickly add, like it's it's very sad. Like people do not think of mental illness as a sickness. They think that you're mad. And uh, I, I still get to hear a lot of stuff, but um, I'm at it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Darthi, a little bit about your story, if you feel comfortable enough to talk about it. Yeah. I, um, I lived a life of 20, I lived in the marriage of 25 years of being sexually abused or raped or marital sexual abuse and other sorts of domestic violence without having with having the feelings of self-blame guilt and often confused about knowing self not knowing who to go and seek help from started having suicidal thoughts so i had hit that rock bottom when i started looking for a way to move out of my marriage and that too was devastating because none of my family members could understand or support me it wasn't i wouldn't say it was completely their fault because i didn't know how to tell them what to tell them it was very hard when i when i initially noticed that whatever is happening with me is not right and i'm no matter how much um, how i'm trying to handle or deal with the situation by whatever you know assertiveness i had in me it wasn't working at all and i had no way and i i couldn't tell my parents because i always feared that they will blame me they will find faults in me because that was that was how it was always so i didn't share it with anybody and kept on living in utter grief and sadness because of this control around me until it was too much for me to handle anymore then i was then i i was slowly it was extremely scary place for me to be there was no support and i'm taking this big huge step of in my life i was extremely fearful around that time and slowly slowly when i started tasting tasting myself the freedom i was feeling i could breathe only then bit by bit the confidence i could feel that i did the right thing i was going to say that the and you had kids you had kids with this yes so how did that impact the journey if at all See, my fortunately my children were the only one who understood me because they had seen whatever was happening they could sense that even if if they don't hear the the I, like i wasn't the one who would you know complain and shout and speak you know raise my voice but still they could sense that mom is so uncomfortable mom is going through grief they could they were they were the only one standing by my side wow 
that's 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 emotionally incredible mm-hmm. you got wonderful that's yeah i mean you're very fortunate that's yes yeah. um baskar a little bit about you if you're comfortable talking about it please yeah sure to go actually uh, you know when i was a child you know my father was a very angry man and i underwent a lot of physical abuse and beatings spankings and one incident kind of uh, you know stayed in my memory and which impacted me very adversely was that uh, you know i was uh, playing one day and i was wearing shorts and uh, i was not wearing any shirt or anything and my dad just rushed out of the house and he was very angry at something i don't know what and he just pounced upon me and he ripped my shorts stripped me naked and made me stand in front of the house where there was a road with lot of traffic and i felt humiliated i felt as if i don't exist i did not want to live i just wanted to cease to exist at that moment and that's exactly how i felt decades later when i was in marriage and my wife left me for another man with whom she had a relationship before marriage so after 12 years of marriage i found out that she still was continuing her relationship with him and we have discussed today you know marital rape and men who force themselves upon their partners but i i have a case which is on the other end of the spectrum i had been subjected to denial of intimacy you know my wife would not let me touch her and even when it happened you know i can count in 12 years of marriage i can count on my fingers the number of times where i actually had physical pleasure with my wife to max and she would deny me that because probably either she was in love with her uh, ex or whatever but later on i found out that she was a npd narcissistic personality disorder and uh, when i came in touch with kashish and she related her story and then i started researching i started reading books and i couldn't believe what i was going through was an actual abuse from a narcissistic person and whatever symptoms were mentioned they all ticked and for so many years i wasn't even aware initially i when i was reading uh, those books i felt that no my wife she she's so nice how can she do like this but then everything matched that's when i realized that i was undergoing emotional abuse and i don't want to take long but for at least 5 years she administered psychotropic drugs to me without my knowledge consent or permission and i felt that oh i am in depression i could not uh, uh, work on my business i would always feel sleepy you know and i felt that oh something is wrong with me i am depressed but what i did not know at that time was which i later on i found out that she was administering me drugs for bipolar disorder she had apparently gone to a mental hospital alone and described some symptoms maybe from google or from wherever and got a prescription in my name and she would 
go to a medicine shop and uh, buy those medicines and start uh, giving me and apparently the reason was that she wanted to continue her affair with her ex and she did not want me to interfere so as i said that i'm on the other end of the spectrum where you know a woman denies physical intimacy continues sexual relations with another person and tries to undermine the whole personality i also i felt the same way when i underwent the abuse from my father and again when i came to know that my uh, wife is continuing her affair and she's denying me sexuality and uh, giving it to another person her ex or whatever i again felt the same way that i felt where is my identity do i even exist so the seeds of my abuse during adulthood were put during childhood had i not undergone that experience perhaps i would have not allowed you know tacitly to be abused by my direct uh, partner yeah. i can i can i can see that connect baskar i can absolutely see that connect because you know no matter what's going on in our lives it's one little incident that happens in your life and it kind of takes you back in time to the worst possible memories of your life and it's it's a very normal thing it's nothing wrong that you've done it's not your fault it's just the way we are wired as human beings but you know before i come to the last statement that i want to say i'm just going to i go. just want to add to i just to go i just want to add to what uh, bhaskar was saying um that uh, when when abuse happens in childhood and it is not addressed uh it ends up uh in adults having different disorders and narcissistic personality disorder is one of them correct there is bipolar there is borderline there is uh, histrionic or I'm, if i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing it correctly and uh, other various other things like abandonment issues rejection issues um codependency and so much that happens if if these issues are not addressed in childhood correct kashish that brings me to my last point before i wrap up by telling you what i want to tell you guys but anything that you guys would want to say to our audience kashish let's go to you since you were the one who instigated this whole movement what would you like to say to the audience if anything at all over and above what we've already talked about reach out reach out reach out reach oh yeah out. absolutely well done woman reach out find your inner voice reach out you know find your haven find your voice reach out and take the first step towards survival you know i mean that's absolutely it buskar anything that you would like to say yeah sure definitely i would like to say to everyone don't remain silent don't be a silent Correct. spectator whether you are the one who is undergoing abuse or it is someone around you even when you have slightest of doubt that someone is undergoing an abuse do something about it don't remain a silent spectator thank you baskar thank you yeah very true very true tarti do you have anything to add if you don't hands reach out don't be silent all these things put together join hands with people yeah find Correct. support be a support or support someone 
or take support Thank we are you. here to live together this earth belongs we belong to this earth actually so let's make it a beautiful place absolutely and it is over and above everything that happens in the world all the crap that happens in the world this is a beautiful place we all have our own unique lives the canvas of life belongs we all have a space on this canvas called life to live and leave our footprints on it at the end of the day you have to decide what footprint do you want to leave back for humanity and for and what legacy do you want to leave behind for your next generations a good one or a disgusting one like you know those people who create abuse sexual abuse and do all this other disgusting stuff so i just want to add by saying to all three of you thank you very much i did not know how to wrap this podcast up and i was kind of earlier on this afternoon while i was recording the introduction i was listening to a couple of instrumental tunes that i always listen to to get me into a very sort of nirvana kind of state you know and <laughs> what came to my mind is something that was shared with me by a dear friend of mine who i'm not a religious person by the way and i think uh, some of you might know that already but he said something and i have to give credit where it comes from he said to me two things and i'm going to share both of them with you because i think it's so relevant to all three of you he said one was be the salt of the earth okay salt of the earth means that you bring flavor to the world so this the world and the earth has her flavor but you are the salt people like you are the salt of the earth that actually elevates and beautifies the flavor of actual existence of mankind okay so you are the salt of the earth and my hats off to you guys and the second thing again came from the same individual he said he said be the little lamp held up over the highest branch of a tree that sheds its light across all of the darkness so you might be that one individual person thinking that you're just a little light but you know what if we can hold each other up on the highest branch of this jungle or this forest called life right we can be the light we can be the guiding step to so many people who we don't even know who we, we will never even know so i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart kashi especially to you for getting me to do actually do a podcast that wasn't full of idiocity so to speak you know this is the first podcast that i'm doing under the banner called the art of humanity and you know what you guys are doing is nothing but the essence of the art of humanity and that's all it is so i salute you i thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing this and i really hope that it, this podcast of ours reaches out to the right people and i hope it gives somebody the support and 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 the means to overcome and survive so thank you all very much and it's been absolutely emotionally beautiful just having this moment with you guys lots of love lots of respect to all three of you darti baskar kashi especially you thank you thank you thank you, thank you everyone else Yeah, thank you everyone. Everyone. thanks everyone